David Burton, would you? David, God bless you, my brother. Thank you again. You. Thank you again. Oh, come on, you can do better than that. Come on. Uh, I really am glad to be here, and I love your pastor. I tell you what, this is the man. Amen, amen. Thank you, Pastor Nick. Let's hear it for Pastor Nick Garland. And we do. We go way, way, way back, and uh, there's uh, no dearer brother than him. I've watched what's happened here. I've, I've been with you when you were downtown in the old spot 20-plus uh, years ago. Uh, watched what began to happen out here. Nick brought me out here before any of this was here. And, and I remember praying on top of this, this knoll out here, this great spot, this mountain peak, you might say, uh, compared to the valley down below because every direction you go from here is down. So if you just stay up here all afternoon, we'll start at 5 o'clock. We might even feed you if you'll just hang out. And listen, what he said is, is so true. Today at 5 o'clock, one hour is all we're asking. Just be back at 5 o'clock. It is going to be a fun time. It's going to be full of energy, dynamic stuff to shared with you. I'm going to share some little tools, some little, little icons, some little uh, ways of getting into conversation with your friends, uh, coworkers, uh, schoolmates. I tell you what, uh, you're going to walk out of here with some things literally with you that you can use with anybody at any time in your lifestyle. Now, if you're a believer today, I know that you want to share Christ with others. I mean, you can't be saved and not desire to tell other people about it. We may be walking in some sin. There might be some stuff going on in our life that hinders us from having that joy. But down deep, down real deep in your heart, you know that sin is wrong. You need to confess that sin. But down deep in your heart, you do desire that other people know this Jesus that we're here celebrating today. And uh, I love the celebration time we've had. Uh, Kevin, you and the praise team, I, I love all of you. I love the you know, I don't know why this brother's over in this box. I don't know if he's got a disease or if, uh, if he gets loose, what happens. But, uh, boy, his energy is, yeah, his energy is full. And all of you, I tell you, it was just, it was marvelous. Thank you for singing. God says he inhabits the praises of his people. Amen? He does that. He inhabits the praises of, of his people. And uh, what we're going to do in heaven one day, uh, well, I don't really know all that we're going to do in heaven one day, but I tell you, it's going to be a fun place to be. I'm glad to know that I'm going to heaven when I die. Are you? Yeah, amen. I know you're glad, and I, I wonder if you know you're going to heaven. This morning, we're going to look at a little bit, a little bit different uh, viewpoint of, of who's going to heaven, who's not, and how we're all here together. And in this room today, there are some people, uh, there's no doubt uh, in my mind that most of you here today, right now, know Christ as your Savior. You know Jesus. You have prayed. You have, you have sought his face somewhere back in history. Some, there was a day, there was an hour, there was a minute, there was a second when you called upon Jesus to save you. There was that event in your life when you were born again, when you were regenerated, when you were changed. You became, as Paul says, a brand new creation. So there was that point in time in your life where that happened. You students can remember. Uh, for some of you, it was just uh, maybe a few weeks ago, maybe back this past summer. Might have been at camp of some kind. But you can remember recently when you prayed and asked Christ in your heart. Some others here have to go back a few years, many years maybe. But there was a time and a point in your life when you acknowledged your lostness, you acknowledged that you didn't know Christ, you acknowledged that if you died, you'd gone straight to hell. There was a time in your life when you acknowledged all of that, but you also came to the point of saying, you know, Lord, I want you to forgive me of my sins. You, you, you came to that point of the burden of understanding I am lost. I'm headed for a place called hell. I want my sins forgiven. I want to know you personally. I want abundant life now as well as eternal life afterwards. There was that time in your life when you called upon the Lord. Scripture tells us we have to do that. Uh, scripture tells us that uh, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, what? 
shall be saved. So we know that we have to call. You, you just don't get saved by osmosis. <laughs> it doesn't just happen. Uh, in your life and in my life, and I'm so glad there was that point in my life, I can remember when people had shared Christ with me. Not many had shared one-on-one with me before the evening on a, on a Wednesday night up in a real small town of Tiptonville, Tennessee, northwest corner of Tennessee, north of Memphis, about 100 miles. On a Wednesday night, I was in worship, and my pastor had shared the good news of Christ. I don't remember the title, the term, I don't remember the outline of his sermon, don't remember what he dressed, don't remember what we sung, Kevin, but I know this, there was that point in time at the end of that message when he invited me to meet Jesus. I was so convicted of my sins. I knew I was lost. I knew if I died that night, I would have gone straight to a place called hell, which is just, just as real as that seat you're seated in right now. Those of you watching live stream, just as real as where you are right now. That that whole I remember. I remember the I remember the room. I remember the church. Uh, I can remember the even the colors of the pews. It was just it's just there in my mind. What I really remember though is when I committed my life to Christ on the front row of that church. It wasn't coming forward that saved me. It wasn't taking some preacher by the hand that saved me. Uh, It wasn't just uh, listening to him maybe share some scripture with me, which he did at the front. When I became a born-again believer, when I personally prayed and invited Christ to step out of heaven into my heart. And that night, right down front of that church, is when I prayed and I called upon the Lord to save me. And the scripture says, I had to repent. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins be forgiven. I remember being broken before the Lord. I I repented. Repentance means making a 180 degree turn. It means I'm walking the ways of the world and I repented. I turned. I acknowledged I was lost. Young person, I remembered that night. I wasn't a a druggie. Um, I never drank alcohol, but I was still lost. Um, I never looked at pornography, but I was still lost. I never cussed my mom or daddy out, but I was still lost. You see, we're born in lostness. We're walking the ways of the world. We're thinking like the world, acting like the world, uh, watching the same thing the world list, uh, watches and listens to. So I was, I was of the world, but there came that point in my life that night when I heard the still small voice of God, and I repented. I said, I do not want this. This is killing me. This is, this is the way to a place called hell. I know I need my forgiveness. I know, Jesus, that you died on the cross for me and shed your blood for me. And so I turned that night 180 degrees to the cross of Christ. 180 degrees all the way around. I didn't turn 90 degrees and get all excited about, about going to church and start reading my Bible a little bit, maybe even singing in the choir, whatever. No, I turned 180 degrees. I surrendered my life to King Jesus and what the cross has to offer. I, I, I was, <laughs> I not thought this in a long time, I was, I was teaching a youth camp and I'd preached on the 180 degree turn and I was preaching on real repentance and how to really be born again. And there was a student that came up to me and got so excited about being saved that night. They, the altar time had come, and he'd come forward to be saved. He came and said, Brother David, Brother David, man, I got so excited. I, man, I, I turned 100, and, excuse me, he said, I turned 360 degrees tonight, all the way around. And I said, oh, no, 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 you turned too far. You went too far. You know, he said, I turned 360 degrees. Man, he was excited about turning all the way around. But listen, all we need to do is turn 180 degrees to the cross and that night he turned to the cross you know I love students Uh, I'm doing a, a, a series of studies right now and I've got some folks from a lot of the national legal foundations in the country that are helping me understand better the legal rights of students you teenagers have so many legal rights 
Matter of fact, there's, there's little that you can't do at school. You know, you're told, well, you can't bring your Bible to school. That's wrong. You can carry your Bible to school. Uh, you can't wear Christian T-shirts. You need to take those Christian T-shirts off. No, you can wear those Christian T-shirts. Uh, you folks can't pray together over there at the lunch table. Yes, you can pray at the lunch table. Uh, you can't be talking to other kids about Jesus in the school. Yes, you can tell other students the good news of Christ in your school. There, there are so many things that you can't do, can do. You don't want to disrupt class. You know, if the teacher tells everybody to be quiet, you know, while you're sitting there, you finish a test, take something out and read, and so you get something out to read, just pull your Bible out, start reading your Bible, amen? I mean, you can do that. There was a teenager down in Florida, in, in Miami, and she was asked to give an oral report uh, to the class. And you could pick a different subject. She had picked a, a religious subject, okay? And the teacher said, okay, all right. She got up that day and she, she shared with the class in her four-minute presentation how to have a full and meaningful life. And it came from a little old gospel track she found on her granddaddy's coffee table, a little green track. Many of you that are Baptist background remember, it's a little green track, and it was called How to Have a Fully Meaningful Life. Well, it was just how to be born again, how to meet Jesus, how to have this full and meaningful life. And everybody in this room and everybody in her classroom wants to have a full and meaningful life. She got up that day and she basically quoted and, and shared with her students this little gospel track for her oral presentation. And in four minutes, she shared with her friends how to have a full and meaningful life, how to ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins and step out of heaven into your heart. When the class was over, two of her friends came up to her and said, I want to know this Jesus as my Savior. And she got to lead them to Jesus in Miami, Florida. Amen? Amen. That's right. You students have the opportunity to do that. All of us as adults, we, we at one time were students. And we remember, we remember those days. We remember how difficult. But we ought to commit ourselves to pray that God will raise up a mighty army and these students and other Christian students all across the counties that we represent here today. Amen? Would you do that? Amen? amen. And listen, the, the more you amen and clap and hallelujah, the quicker I get through, okay? Amen. All right, you better start working on me now or I'll keep going. No, we need to pray for these students, amen, and the youth ministers that work with them, the Sunday school teachers, Bible study teachers that work with them. Listen, students, you can push back the darkness on your campus. Man, I can't wait till I finish doing all this stuff I'm doing, and I'll be sharing with some of your leadership to help you understand even more what you can do on the campus. Listen, you ought to, let me see your Bible. Mine's up there, okay? You ought to take your Bible to school. Have your Bible with you, okay? I commission you this day, take your Bible to school. You might have any backpack, but at some point, get it out when you've got your other books and keep it on top. When you've got a break, when you've got time, open that Bible up and read it. Lunchtime, get all your friends together. Maybe read a Proverbs Maybe read one Psalms at lunchtime with all your friends. Uh, there are a lot of different Christian uh, 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 Bible clubs and student clubs that you can do on campus. And look to your student leadership here. and Find out what we can do to reach our friends for Christ, okay? You have the power and authority to do it, so take advantage of it. And adults, we need to help them understand that. Anybody here on a school board? Any school board members here? How, how about public school teachers? You got any public school teachers here? Raise your hand. Okay, a few. All right, good. Man, you need to get behind these students and help support them in what they can do on the campus. Well, this morning, all of us have the privilege and the wonderful opportunity of going into the fields or white into harvest. You've had series on trees. 
uh, over the last several months. And we've been talking about trees, and trees have to, have to be planted in order to grow, to be the different illustrations and, and outlines and all that Pastor Nick has shared with you. And this morning we'll talk about what trees are really a little bit before they ever are birthed, and it's, it's their, their little seeds. They start out as a little seed, and they birth up into large trees. I want you to take your Bibles and look to Matthew chapter 14. And if you have your Bible, I want you to mark, underline, highlight these verses. If you've got an iPhone or iPad, just highlight them a little bit, where these will stand off the next time uh, you read it. They'll just kind of jump off the page the next time you read it. But Matthew chapter 13, and we're going to begin reading with verse 24. And listen, tonight, you've got to be back tonight. Please, come back tonight. It's going to be incredible. You're going to love it. It's going to be a fun time, and we're going to make the devil mad. When you come back tonight, I promise you, we are going to make the devil mad. How many of you want to make the devil mad? All right, yeah, 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 we're going to do that. We are going to do that. Would you stand and honor the word, Matthew chapter 13, verse 24? And Jesus spoke in parables many times, just tried to draw a picture of, of some truths. And he says, another parable put forth he unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. Verse 25, But while men slept, the enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat, and then he went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said to him, Sir, did not you sow good seed in the field? Where did these tares come from? He said to them, An enemy has done this. The servant said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go into the field and gather up the tares? And he said, No, no, nay, nay. Lest while you gather up the tares, you root up also the wheat with them. Let both of them grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather you together first the tares, and bind them in bundles to burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn." Pray with me. Lord, thank you for these words, and thank you for the hearer today of these words. And God, when we walk out of here today, may we apply your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you may be seated. I am ready to go to heaven, and as I go, I want to try to take as many people with me to heaven as I can. And the only way that can be done is when I help communicate to folks the difference in being lost and saved, how I help communicate to them how much Jesus loves them and died on the cross for them and shed his blood for them and how through just a simple acknowledgement of Jesus and, and repenting of their sins and saying, I know I'm lost without Christ, I want Jesus to change me and save me, uh, only when a person hears that sort of conversation will they understand how to call upon the name of the Lord to be saved. In our church today, most of you, as I said earlier, are saved. You're Christians. You're born again. You've been changed by the blood of Jesus. As Paul said in the scripture, you become a brand new creation. All things old have passed away. Are you with me? Behold, all things have what? Become new. So things have become new. When you got saved, your attitudes changed. Your habits changed. Uh, the way you dress changed. The movies you went to see changed. The kind of music you listened to changed. Listen, when you got saved, it all changed. Amen? If it didn't, then you didn't get changed, which means you didn't meet Jesus. You're, you're kind of like the illustration here that Jesus tries to point out. 
he says there was a guy that went out and he had a lot of seeds. And they were wheat seeds. And he went through the field and he was scattering those seeds, throwing those seeds everywhere. And those seeds were falling and fell into that dirt and the rains came and pushed those little seeds down the dirt even more. And, and then through germination and over time with the heat of the sun and the water that fell, those little seeds went, they just started popping up everywhere. And after a few months, you look out and man, you could just see lots of wheat that was growing. But something else was growing as well. And the, the servants went out and looked and said, Master, did, didn't you just plant wheat out here? Where, where did all these tares come from? Where did all the tares come from that are growing out here among the wheat? And, and the servants, or the master said, well, said, an enemy came. And in the middle of the night, soon after I had broadcasted the seeds of the wheat, uh, an enemy came and, and he broadcast and he spread the tares out. And therefore the tares were growing up right beside the wheat. Now tares look like wheat. They grow the same speed, basically, same color. But there's one difference, a major difference in wheat and tear. Now, it's, it's interesting here because the servant said to him, do you want us to go out into the field? And do you want us just to go out and gather up these tares? We'll, well, hey, we'll go out right now and we'll start gathering up the tares because the, the nature of the wheat had already begun to indicate itself as tipping over at the top. As wheat grows, you got tear that's just growing straight up. As wheat grows, the, the fruit of the wheat is at the top and it gets heavy and it begins to bend over. Therefore, you can see the wheat versus the tear that's growing straight. Tear was everywhere, but wheat was everywhere. Master, if you want us to, we'll go out so the wheat will grow even stronger and mature more. We'll go out and we'll pull up all the tear. Can we go do that? He said, no, 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 don't go out there. Because if you go out and start trying to rip up all the tear that's there, you're going to grab a hold of some of that wheat. Let's just let it keep growing and keep growing until it's really harvest time. And then we'll go out and harvest. And the guy said, okay. And all the servants said, okay. And he says, what we'll do, we're going to harvest. And when we get ready to harvest, you'll first go out into the field and then you eager beavers can grab a hold of all the tear that you want. You just go out and, man, you tear up the tear, all right? Just pulling it, pulling it, pulling it. And then I want you to bundle all that tear up, and then I want you to throw it over into the fire, and we're going to burn it. Illustration there of things to come in the end. Now, you're going to also take the wheat after you've bundled up all the tear and burn it. Then you're going to go out, and you're going to harvest the wheat, and we're going to, we're going to, take our sickles and we're going to go out and we're going to chop off all the wheat. We're going to bundle the wheat up and I want you to take it over into my barn and we're going to store it for future use. Well, that probably would have happened, but this was a parable. This is a picture that Jesus was trying to draw to those believers. The picture for us today is this. When you leave here today and you go out to a restaurant, let's say, now listen to me. Are you listening? Say, I'm listening. Are you listening? Say, I'm listening. When you leave here today and you walk out those doors of these doors and you go to a restaurant to eat, most of the people, and tomorrow especially, because today we'll have a bunch of Christians out eating in restaurants, but tomorrow for sure and Tuesday and Wednesday, most of the people you see out there in those restaurants every day, most of them, listen to me, most of them are tear. They're lost. They don't know Christ. 
They might have even been in church this Sunday. They might have been the tear right there by the wheat, looking like the wheat, singing like the wheat, holding their Bibles like the wheat, but they were tear. Most of the people are lost. Matter of fact, most of the people outside there, all outside these buildings and these churches all over this county today, most of the people out there are not in church today. Most of the people outside this building today are lost. Most of the people you'll see this week are lost. Most of the people you'll see at the filling stations are lost. The grocery stores, the restaurants you go into, the beauty parlors. Wherever you might go, most students, listen, one of the greatest harvest fields ready to win and reap are the schools that you're in. The largest mission field in America is the middle school and high school. And that's why you've got to live for Jesus and act like Jesus and dress like Jesus and talk about Jesus and share Jesus as much as you can because students are open to the good news of Christ that you, many of you, have found. But most of the people outside the walls of this church are lost. The Bible says, narrow is the way, narrow, let's use the cross here, narrow is the way and few there are that are on the road that leads to heaven, foreverness. But broad is the way, broad is the way, and many there are that are on the road that leads to death and destruction, the place of hell. Now, Scripture tells us that, okay? That's not a David Burtonism. The Scripture says fewer are going to make it to heaven than to hell. So that means most of your friends, most of your coworkers out there are lost without Jesus. We are the wheat. Lost people are the tares. And when it comes harvest time, the tares, the lost people, are going to be gathered together and cast into a place called hell. People without Christ will end up in a place called hell. If you believe that, raise your hand. All right, good. That's true whether you believe it or not. <laughs> they are. Matter of fact, turn to somebody and say, a person without Jesus goes to a place called hell. Say that. You've spoken truth that we don't talk about very much. We must realize today that your lost friends without Jesus will end up in a place called hell. We don't talk about hell very much. We don't have any Bible lessons on hell, but hell's talked about more than heaven in the Scripture. Jesus spoke about it. Listen, there's a place called hell, but thank God there's a place called heaven too. Amen? I'm so glad I know I'm going to heaven when I die. Do you absolutely know for sure that you're going to heaven. Do you know that you're a wheat? You see, you can't share Jesus. You can't talk about the goodness of life. You can't talk about this abundant life in Jesus if you don't know Jesus. Most of you know Jesus, but most of the people you'll be around this week, unless you work in a Christian atmosphere and just hang out nothing but Christians, most of the people that you're around this week are lost. Most of the students in your school are lost without Christ. That burdens me, but listen, I was lost without Christ in middle school. Yeah. See, you, some of your friends that you have lunch with every day are lost without Christ. And God wants you to speak truth into them. He wants you to pull out a little gospel track. And tonight I'm going to show you how easily this is done. And I hope all you students will be here. We're just going to show folks how to use a little track like this, just a little gospel portion like this. In any phase of life, in any situation you are, you can pull this little track out and share Jesus with someone. And you may not talk to them very much. You might just hand it to them. I have a little red dot on my watch, and when I was here some years ago, I gave all of you that were here. Matter of fact, we're going to give out red dots again tonight, so be here, and you'll get your free red dot. Amen? Some of you already still got your red dots. Yeah, thank you. On your watch, that red dot, every time I look to see what time it is, I see that little red dot. It's just a little red 
plastic dot that's on my watch. It reminds me of Jesus and what he did for me 2,000 years ago. He died on the cross for me, David Burton. But not only that, secondly, that little red dot, every time I look down and see what time it is, reminds me of, of Christ and what he did for others, what he did for you, ma'am, what he did for you, what he did for you, young man, what he did for you. Jesus died for you and for you and for you and for you. Jesus died for you. You guys on the cameras and those of you watching live streaming right now, Jesus died for you. See, it reminds me that Jesus died for everybody. Amen? Jesus didn't just die for me or those of us here at First Baptist Church Broken Arrow. Jesus died for the millions of people all over this state. And it is up to you and I to go tell them that good news because they won't get saved by just getting saved. The, script, the scripture, thank you very much. The scripture says this, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The only way you got saved was somebody lovingly shared with you the word of God. It might have been a gospel track. It might have been someone opening up their Bible. Kevin, it might have been someone that just had a, an outline in their mind, and they might have just shared with you, Kevin, how Jesus could change your life forever. Somebody might have taken an Evangicube. We'll talk about that a little bit tonight. Some of you have learned how to use the Evangicube. It's, it's a little block that has nothing but pictures on it, no words. All you men will love it. There are no words to read. See, there, there's a time when you must hear the Word of God. Listen to me. Are you listening? Say, I'm listening. I'm afraid you're not listening. We have to share the Word of God with people. You can't expect your pastor to do it all. He'll be a lot of places. He'll go a lot of places this week. Ma'am, I don't know where you go to have your hair done, but he won't go there to have his hair done. That's where you're going to be. I don't know where you uh, gas up, but more than likely, wherever you buy gas out here, Pastor Nick doesn't go there. He gets gas somewhere else. Chances are. So you're responsible for the person on the other side of that pump pumping gas. But where Brother Nick goes to buy gas, he's responsible for the person there. You're not because that's for him right then, right? That's his Jerusalem there. You're going to be in another place. I don't know what restaurant you go to. But we like to go out and eat, don't we? And we eat a lot. Can you imagine if every one of us in this room, with every time you went out to eat and when your waitress was coming and going and filling up your water, filling up your tea, you were talking to her, calling her by name. Listen, they've all got the name badges on. Call them by name. Jennifer, man, thank you. You're doing such a good job. Then Jennifer brings your food back to you. You look up at Jennifer and say, Jennifer... What is it in your life we could pray for? We're going to give thanks for our meal here, but as we pray and give thanks for our meal, what could we pray for in your life? And I tell you, Jennifer will speak into you. Two Jennifers, different names, spoke into our lives yesterday as we asked them what we could pray for. Sometimes the Jennifer will even stand there. I'll share a lot of other things like this tonight. It's going to be so cool. But she'll stand there. Sometimes that Jennifer will stand there as though she's ready to pray with you right there. Amen. Amen? And I'll look and i say, Jennifer, would, would you like to pray right now? Now, most times that doesn't happen. And, you know, you can just tell body language. Most times they'll share that prayer request uh, with you, and, and then, and then they'll, they'll move on. They'll say, thank you very much, and they'll move on to do their thing. If they do stay there and you pray, don't pray for 30 minutes and get them fired. Amen? <laughs> but, but most times they'll step away, and then I'll bow with those at the table with me, and we'll thank God for our food. It's wonderful to be here in this fellowship today, God. Thank you for my friends, and thank you for those who prepared our food. But God, we pray for Jennifer. 
Dear God, speak to Jennifer's heart today. And Lord, I pray this, this need she has mentioned to us today, that you'll meet that need. And Lord, let us continue to be a good, strong witness and example to her today while she's waiting on us. In Jesus' name, amen. See, you're, you're the wheat among the tares out there. You're the wheat that wherever you go, there are going to be tares everywhere. There are going to be lost people everywhere. And what you've got to do is be an example as a wheat. You've got to grow like wheat. You've got to be wheatier every day. Because people are watching you. When the end time comes and the harvest comes, it's going to break our hearts. Listen, it's going to break our hearts of people that lived right down the street from us that when you were lost by their lifestyle, by the language they've used when we're out in the yards, maybe working together. Just, just you know they're lost. Been kind to you, and they know you go to church, and you're a real radical, fanatical Baptist. You know you're going to go every Sunday no matter what. You know, they're nice to you. You're nice to them. But listen, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And the only way he or she may hear the Word of God is through you. Don't wait for the preacher to come visit. The preacher's busy over here. That is your Jerusalem. Amen? Whew, isn't this exciting to think of the hundreds that are in here right now? We're out all over this place today and tomorrow. We're going to scatter. Let me give you an illustration. We, on Sunday mornings at First Baptist Church Broken Arrow, and those of you that watch regularly by television and maybe listen to this you, you, we gather regularly to hear the Word, to, to receive the Word into our life through illustrations, through music, through the taught Word, through the preached Word, through the prayed Word. We're, we're brothers and sisters coming together in our small groups. Hopefully you were part of the first hour in a small group somewhere. Listen, we gather for a reason. Everybody do this with me, all right? Go, we gather that was pitiful. Hey, everybody stand up. Everybody stand up. Stand up. All right. No Bibles in your hands. Nothing in your hands. All right. Here we go. I want you on three to go, we gather. Ready? One, two, three. We gather. Oh, that was great. Woo! Wish we had a picture on that. That was good. All right. Now, look. We gather. We're gathering together today in order that we might scatter and go all over. Yeah. Woo! Yeah, that's good. We gather to scatter. Are you with me? Are you with me, students? You are gathering so tomorrow at school, and I know you can't wait tomorrow to go to school. You're so excited, aren't you? Woo! Here we go. See, listen, we gather that we scatter. Everybody together. We gather to scatter. Do it again. We gather to scatter. Oh, that's a good class. You get an A. All right, you can be seated. You can be seated. Listen, listen to me, listen. When you got saved, when Jesus changed your life, listen to me, sir, when your life changed, he entered into your life with purpose so that you became a wheat and you are going to produce fruit. And, but one day, listen, one day it's all going to be over. Listen, one day the harvest is going to take place Jesus is going to come back after the wheat. Amen? And we're going to be raptured out of this place. I'm ready. I'm a wheat. I'm waiting for the rapture. I'm ready to go. 
But those that don't know Christ are tear, growing right up beside David Burton. And if David Burton doesn't try to influence as many people as he can before that harvest day comes, uh, but I must, I must do all I can. See, we say, well, you're just too radical and you're too fanatical and all that. Listen, I'd rather stand before God one day and him say, David Burton, you overdid it. Instead of David Burton, you didn't do enough. Amen? Now, I don't go around beating people over the head with a black King James Bible and saying, turn or burn. <laughs> I don't reach into my pocket and everybody I see say, open your mouth. I'm going to cram this track down your throat. Bless God, you need to get saved. <laughs> no. Man, I'm just David Burton. I'm just me. I was at Baptist College preaching a few weeks back, a few months ago now, and one of the young preacher boys came up and said, oh, Brother David, I said, man, I love that preaching. I like that part. He said, I love that preaching. Where did you learn to do that? I said, I'm just myself. I'm just David Burton. In the pulpit, I'm David Burton. In lifestyle, I'm David. I'm just me. Because, listen, I'm going to relate to some people that, that you can relate to. Are you with me? There's some, there's some people that I can speak into that, that maybe you can't quite speak into their life. But, listen, on the opposite side of that, there are some people... That you know, brother. Brother, stand up just for a minute. I used to look just like you one day. <laughs> and I quit working out. I shouldn't have quit working out, should I? Oh, you can be seated. There's some guys you're going to be around that David Burton will never see. I'll never see them, brother. I'll never see them. And if you don't speak to them about Christ, who will? Who will? Who will? Who will? Will you? Will you? Will you? Will you? Will you speak for Jesus? Will you speak for Jesus? Are y'all married? I hope so. The way you're leaning on, hugging on him. I sure hope you're married. <laughs> you will see people that she will not see this week. And in her life. So you have got to use every ability that God gives you to speak into your friends' lives. Coworkers. He will never see them, and vice versa. I can hear it right now, Brother Nick. Somebody in the back is going, well, that's why we pay our preacher and our staff. That's what they're supposed to do. No, you know what the preacher and the staff are supposed to do? Whew, this is exciting. They are to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Amen? They are equipping all of us. I love to go to my church. I'm a member at Hibernia Baptist Church outside of Jacksonville. I'm not there very often, but the Sundays I'm there, I love to be there. I love to sit there and amen that preacher and preach on Brother Scott. Glory, hallelujah, and I get all excited for him. Try to support him. But he is feeding me. Brother Scott will not be around the people I'm going to be around that week. He's commissioning me. He's equipping me to better transfer the good news to people wherever I might go. And that's why you come here to get fed, to hear the word preached and taught and prayed and sung. We're equipping. This is an equipping center. We gather to be equipped so that we can what? Scatter. And you and I are going to scatter in just a few moments. And what are we going to do as wheat to help warn the tear, those that do not know Christ, of the coming judgment? Because tear will be gathered up as well and bundled up and in the scripture, the parable says, be cast into the fire. Well, 
They'll be cast into fire as well. Lost people will be cast into a lake of fire that is real unless we go tell them the good news. Do you know Jesus, first of all? Do you personally, in your own heart, know that you know Jesus? See, I don't know any of you, and I can't look into any of your lives with my little crystal ball and know for certain if you know Jesus. You're the only one that really knows whether or not you know Jesus. But if you know Jesus today, you know it. 1 John 5, 13 says, These things... See your Bible. Mine's up there. It's all zipped up. Hey, I had a zipper Bible one time. Praise the Lord, I love that. Scripture says in 1 John 5, 13, These things, these things were written. Listen to me. Doesn't matter how long you've been a member of this church or if you're a guest of this church. These things, if you're a believer, these things were written that you and I might know that we know him. Amen? See, God doesn't want you to walk out here today hoping you're saved. Listen, don't walk out of those doors buying the lie from Satan. Ah, you're okay. And you just walk out hoping you're saved or you think you're saved. Listen, the Bible says you can walk out of those doors today knowing you're saved. Amen? Teenagers, you can know you're saved. My wife, Kathy, was seated right here a little bit ago. She got saved when she was 30 years of age. Grew up in a Baptist church. Her daddy was a deacon for years and years. Her mama was a Baptist pastor's secretary. She went off to a Bible college, Union University in Jackson, Tennessee, where she met wonderful David Burton. We dated together. She'd go off on revival teams with me. I'd preach and she'd sing. I'd preach and she'd play the piano. After service was over, we'd have some youth event, and she'd go and make a fool of herself like me with all those students, and we'd have all kind of fun, but she was lost. She would go out on witnessing encounters with me and others and share Christ with people, and some would come to know Christ, but she was lost. She didn't know Jesus. She knew a lot about Jesus, but she didn't know Jesus. It was a Sunday night, First Southern Baptist Church, Dell City, Oklahoma, right down the road basically from here. We were on staff at that wonderful church. Dr. Tom Elliff was pastor. And we were seated on the very back row that night. We had some activities going on after church. So we were on the back row where we could scoot out. We were on the very, very back. We were on the very back row. Trying to maybe get out quickly. Listen, that night, he said, here's the title of my message. He said, how many of you got Bibles? And we all held our Bibles up. He said, tonight's message is this. Are you sincerely saved or satanically deceived? And she said it was like a knife going through her heart. One last time saying, Dave, uh, Kathy, tonight is a night. You need to settle it. She had doubted and struggled with her salvation for all these years, hoping she was saved, thinking she was saved, doing all the right things, but she was lost. You know, it could be somebody in here today. Ma'am, sir, teenager, you're just not real sure. Would you do as many, many, many have done? And even some at this altar a few moments ago, if you were peeping in a while ago, you saw there were a lot of people at this altar making a lot of commitments to King Jesus, praying with one another, praying with some of the staff. And you're going to do the same in just a moment.
But some of you need to go the extra step like many have done, and you need to come to this pastor or one of the staff that's here and say, I'm not sure I'm going to heaven when I die, but I want to be. Can we pray together? And they'll pray a prayer of assurance with you. They'll pray a prayer, and you might today pray and ask Jesus to come into your heart. Do you know that you know Jesus? Scripture says, these things have I written unto you that have believed that you might know. If you don't know, you need to know today. I hope you'll walk out of here knowing Jesus. The rest of us, we're an army. We're the army of God. We're the believers. We're the wheat. We've got the message to share, amen? We have a word to declare to a lost world. Now, are we going to do it? Are we going to walk out of here and make the devil mad? I love making the devil mad. Woo! I love it. And that didn't even come from the student section, I'll have you know. I love it. You and I can make the devil mad. Every Sunday school teacher, I pray in just a moment. Every Sunday school teacher, every outreach person, I'm going to ask you when the invitation starts in just a moment to come to this altar, and I want you to pray, pray, pray. You know of people in your Bible study class, whether it's this morning or maybe a midday week, you have a study of some kind. Any kind of Bible teacher here, I'm going to ask you to come. You know people that are coming to your Bible study that do not know Christ. And pray that God will save them. Pray that God will use you. Every deacon here, I'm going to ask you, as soon as we stand to our feet, to come down here and make the devil mad and say, God, and man, you should have seen it a while ago, men here. I want you to come and say, God, use me as a man of God. Ladies, I'm going to ask you to come. Couples, I'm going to ask you as couples to come. To come to this altar. Some of you need to come and pray for your children. You've got some prodigals in your life. Some children have gone wayward and you're just so concerned. Come and pray for them. God said you have not because you asked not. Some of you business people, tough times at work. You're struggling to hear from God, to know what to do. Come and say, God, speak to me. Speak to me. You young people, man, I pray you'll, you'll flood right down at this corner and start praying for your friends that don't know Christ. Praying for one another. Grab your friends and say, let's go forward and pray that God will use us as a mighty army, that God will wake us up to be all we can be, that we can look like wheat and act like wheat, smell like wheat, dress like wheat at school. Amen? To be God's people.